Good morning, New Hope. What a glorious day we have today. Thank you, Father God. And happy Father's Day to everyone here. All the fathers, all the dads. It's, uh, it's, it's a beautiful day that God has blessed us with. Our Father, Isaiah 64, 8. Yet you, Lord, are our Father. We are the clay, you are the potter, we are all the work of your hand. It's awesome that while here on earth, Jesus was able to model such a perfect relationship of father and son for us. Jesus had an intimate, personal, loving relationship with God the Father. And through Jesus' sacrifice and our acceptance of him as the way to God, we too can have that intimate, personal, and loving relationship with God the Father. So I felt uh, moved today to speak a little bit about the names of God, right? So there's lots of names of God in the Bible. I'm going to touch on a few of them today, uh, but I, I figured we'd cover a couple. And I just mentioned one, right? Our Father, God the Father. Wonderful counselor, Isaiah 9, verse 6. For to us a child is born, to us a son is given, and the government will be on his shoulders. And he will be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. I'm a father. We as fathers are counseling our children. They come to us, they look to us for advice. They look to us for uh, how to navigate the world. We are to give them good advice. We are to be in the word and the scripture ourselves. And through that, we are supposed to pass that on to them and give them good counsel in times of need. Our guide from Psalm 48, 14. For this, God is our God forever and ever. He will be our guide even to the end. We as fathers, too, are called to guide our children through life. They come to us as these small beings, and we raise them up all throughout their infancy and their childhood into young adults. And even as they grow, they will continue to look to us to help them navigate the challenges and the difficulties of life. So we, too, are called to be guides to our children, just as Father God is a guide to us. Our leader, 2 Chronicles 13, verse 12. God is with us. He is our leader. His priests with trumpets will sound the battle cry against you. People of Israel, do not fight against the Lord, the God of your ancestors, for you will not succeed. A father is called to lead his family. We are meant to be the head of the family unit. Partnering with our wives, we are supposed to lead our family and our children through all the challenges, all the good times, all the bad times uh, in our lives. Our help, Psalm 33, verse 20. We wait in hope for the Lord. He is our help and our shield. We as fathers are called to protect our family from all things seen and unseen. A father is meant to help his children. As I mentioned, they come to us as, as little babies, just helpless little beings, right? And, and without us, 
you know, they, they couldn't even, even survive the most, most simplest things, right? As we go through school and teaching and teaching them about the Bible and how to interact with, with other people and what it means to be a good Christian, we are meant to help our children all throughout their lives. Refuge and strength. Psalm 46, verse 1. God is our refuge and strength. An ever-present help in trouble. A father is meant to be a place of safety for our children. When they skin their knee riding their bike, they come running to you for help. They look to you for strength. They look to you for safety. A father's meant to be respected, but not feared. That is what it means to have uh, refuge and strength for your children. A mediator, 1 Timothy chapter 2, verse 5. For there is one God and one mediator between God and mankind, the man Jesus Christ. A father is fair and wise in judgment. This one seems close to home to me. My kids are five, eight, and ten. There's a lot of mediating going on in our house, right? This, this one wants this thing. This one wants another. They look to mom and dad to, to mediate that argument. How do, we, how do we navigate this difficult difficulty we're having amongst each other? A father should be a mediator. Good teacher. Mark chapter 10, verse 17. As Jesus started on his way, a man ran up to him and fell on his knees before him. Good teacher, he asked, what must I do to inherit eternal life? A father teaches, more so lately in the coronavirus world and, and maybe even more so on the moms, at least in my experience, but a father's a teacher. Earlier in this uh, pandemic when we were in quarantine, my son learned to ride a bike. It was a challenge for him. He struggled with it. He didn't want to do it. But through patience and through teaching, he learned how to do it. Day in and day out, uh, as we were called to be teachers during this pandemic as well, and schools were closed, we were teaching our children about the basic things of life, mathematics and history. We are teachers, and we are also meant to be teachers of what it means to be uh, a good Christian person. These are just some of the names of God. I'm sure if you, if you did some research, you can look and you can find and, and a whole longer list. But as fathers, these are great mileposts for us, markers, things that we can aspire to, models which we can use to model how we should be a father to our children. You know, scripture has given us the perfect playbook for life. And if we focus on that, and if we utilize that, you can't go wrong, honestly, right? There is so much in here about what it means to have a perfect relationship, what it means to be a father, a mother, whatever it is you're looking for, it's there. It's in the Bible. It's in the scripture. So I just ask the fathers today to think about these particular characteristics, maybe look into some others, and just use God the Father as the model for your life and how you lead and teach and help your children as they continue to grow. Another thing I was compelled to, to share today, um, maybe more for the kids, uh, so this is a great biblical story when it comes to, to fatherhood. Luke 15, verse 11, 
the parable of the lost son. Jesus continued, there was a man who had two sons. The younger one said to his father, father, give me my share of the estate. So he divided the property property between them. Not long after that, the younger son got together all he had, set off for a distant country, and there squandered his wealth in wild living. Skip ahead to, to verse 18. He realized that, uh, that he had uh, erred in his ways. I will set out and go back to my father and say to him, Father, I have sinned against heaven and against you. I am no longer worthy to be called your son. Make me like one of your hired servants. So he got up and went to his father. But while, while he was a long way off, his father saw him and was filled with compassion for him. He ran to his son, threw his arms around him, and kissed him. The son said to him, Father, I have sinned against heaven and against you. I am no longer worthy to be called your son. But the father said to his servants, Quick, bring the best robe and put it on him. Put a ring on his finger and sandals on his feet. Bring the fattened calf and kill it. Let's have a feast and celebrate. For this son of mine was dead and is alive again. He was lost and is found. So they began to celebrate. Meanwhile, the older son was in a field. When he came near the house, he heard music and dancing. So he called one of the servants and asked him what was going on. Your brother has come, he replied, and your father has killed the fattened calf because he has him back safe and sound. The older brother became angry and refused to go in, so his father went out and pleaded with him. But he answered his father, Look, all these years I have been slaving for you and never disobeyed your orders. You... Yet you never gave me even a young goat so I could celebrate with my friends. But when this son of yours who has squandered your property comes home, you kill the fattened calf for him. My son, the father said, you are always with me and everything I have is yours. But we had to celebrate and be glad because this brother of yours was dead and is alive again. He was lost and is found. What a great picture of fatherhood. I think there's a lot of perspectives you can take in this story. Those of the two sons, those of the father, there's just so much to unpack here and so much to inspire, no matter what your situation is in life. If you look at the younger son, it's a story of grace, right? He has aspirations of his own, he has desires of his own, and he goes off and he chases those things, and he walks away from his father. He realizes at some point the error in his ways and he wants to come back, tail between his legs. And what does the father do? He accepts him unconditionally, open arms, full of love and grace. You're my son. I'm just glad to have you back. Let's celebrate. The second son, a lesson of forgiveness, let's say. He's jealous, he has bitterness. He was there all along, day in and day out, doing the things, the deeds that he believed were right and that he believed he was supposed to do and wasn't being rewarded for. In this case, too, does the father get angry and rebuke him and get upset that he's not uh, loving and accepting of his brother? No. He goes to him and pleads with him in a loving manner as well and says, this is not about you. This is about your brother. We should be grateful that he was lost and he is now found. 
And lastly, the picture of God the Father as, as the Father in this narrative is that God is constant. In neither case does he get angry, does he rebuke either one of his children for their transgressions, but in all ways he talks to them in a loving and an unconditional manner to deal with the situation that they have, but ultimately bring them back into the fold and just love on them as his children. What a great picture that is of a father. And you can think about some of the characteristics we just touched on earlier. Leader, refuge and strength, mediator. These are all the things you can see in a father and the way he acts like this with his children. So what just a great, great story, great example of a father that we can all, all, <clears throat> all learn from and aspire towards. So I was uh, recently looking at some articles online, and um, it being Father's Day, I'm sure that's the reason this one came up. But uh, a woman named Erica Scher, who's actually a university, uh, UMass Amherst professor, wrote this little short article, and I'm going to share a little bit of it with you here. Now, this is something that's, that's bothered me for a while. Um, but uh, she articulates it pretty well. So uh, most of this is a direct quote, but Erica, if you're listening, I did paraphrase a few things. But uh, this is what she said in her article. Why are sitcom dads so inept? From Homer Simpson to Phil Dunphy, sitcom dads have long been known for being bumbling and inept. It wasn't all the, always this way. Back in the 1950s and 1960s, sitcom dads tended to be serious, calm, and wise, if a bit detached. In a shift that media scholars have documented, only in later decades did fathers start to become foolish and incompetent. Fictional entertainment can shape our views of ourselves and others to appeal to broad audiences. Sitcoms often rely on the shorthand assumptions that form the basis of stereotypes. When sitcoms stereotype fathers, they seem to suggest that men are somehow inherently ill-suited for parenting. That sells actual fathers short and reinforces the idea that mothers should take on the lion's share of parenting and responsibilities. In this study, we wanted to focus on sitcoms dads' interactions with their children given how fatherhood has changed in, America, in American culture. For our study, they identified 34 top-rated family-centered sitcoms that aired from 1980 to 2017 and randomly selected two episodes from each. Next, we isolated 578 scenes in which the fathers were involved in disparagement humor which means the dads either made fun of another character or were made fun of themselves. Then we studied how often sitcom dads were shown together with their kids within these scenes in three key parenting interactions, giving advice, setting rules, or positively or negatively reinforcing kids' behavior. We wanted to see whether the interaction made the father look humor humorously foolish, showing poor judgment, being incompetent, or acting childishly themselves. Interestingly, fathers were shown in fewer parenting situations in more recent sitcoms, and when fathers were parenting, it was depicted as humorously foolish in just over 50% of the relevant scenes from 2000 to 2010, compared to only 18% in 1980 and 31% in 1991. At least within scenes featuring disparagement humor, sitcom audiences more often than not are still being encouraged to laugh at dad's parenting missteps and mistakes. How sad is this? 
I see this on TV myself. This is something that I see, and I appreciate this study. It, it really validates with data something that I've felt for a while. And as a Christian father, we cannot accept this narrative. Early in the study, it talks about a lot of this comedy is based on stereotypes. Stereotypes, to some degree, are, are based on, on some foundation of truth, but then they're generally broadened uh, across all dads, right? So, so why is it that in sitcoms like this, 50% of the situations, the dad is the bumbling fool or the idiot? This is not the model that God our Father has presented to us. And this is not something that we can accept or find funny. We need to be better than this. We need to be the model as Christian fathers that models what God did for us. So I started today quoting a verse from Isaiah about our father. I'm going to go back a little bit. So we talked about Isaiah uh, verse 8. I'm going to go back to verses 1 through 5. Oh, that you would rend the heavens and come down, that the mountains would tremble before you, as when fire sets twigs ablaze and causes water to boil. Come down to make your name known to your enemies and cause the nations to quake before you. For when you did awesome things that we did not expect, you came down and the mountains trembled before you. Since ancient times, no one has heard, no ear has perceived, no eye has seen any God besides you who acts on behalf of those who wait for him. You come to the help of those who gladly do right, who remember your ways, but when we continue to sin against them, you are angry. How then can we be saved? All of us have become like one who was unclean, and all our righteous acts are like filthy rags. We all shrivel up like a leaf, and like the wind, our wind, our sins sweep us away. I say this to, to say, fathers, don't be discouraged. It's not about our deeds. All of our righteous acts are like filthy rags. You're never going to be perfect. So for those of you that are fathers that are struggling today, be encouraged. For those of you that maybe didn't have a father and you struggle with that, be encouraged. For those of you that did have a father, but he was not a, a good father, be encouraged. Because you have access to God, the Father, in heaven. And he is perfect and he will never fail you. And he is the perfect model of what a father should be. Now, as, as I get into my final thought, I want to um, choose my words a little bit carefully. Um, I want to talk a little bit about what's going on in our culture today in the United States. I'm not here to talk specifically about Black Lives Matter or what that cause means, um, nor the, the situation with the police, um, anti-police, pro-police. That's not what I'm going to say here in these next few, few words, but it does touch on that. I want to talk about just the general theme of social injustice that we're seeing in our world today. 
And this is just the most recent example of what's going on with humanity right here in, in the United States. God created us to be good. The fall of man and the introduction of sin and death has brought hatred towards fellow man and introduced all of the injustices that we're seeing in the world today. The God of the universe despises all of these things. God is all things kind, loving, happiness, joy, everything else, hatred, racism, fear, these are not the ways of God. These are not the things of God. These are the things that are pulling, pulling us away from God. So I would say that to say this. If you're discouraged by what's happening in the world today, if you're looking out and you're feeling like hopeless, from whatever perspective you're seeing it from, it's all wrong. We are not meant to hate. We're meant to love. And you can have hope because there is a remedy to all of this. And it's accepting Jesus Christ as the way, the truth, the light, and your personal savior. And if you believe that, then nothing, nothing can get in the way of it. In Ephesians 2, verses four through seven, but God being rich in mercy because of his great love with which he loved us, even when we were dead in our transgressions, made us alive together with Christ. By grace you have been saved and raised us up with him and seated us with him in the heavenly places in Christ Jesus so that in the ages to come he might show the surpassing riches of his grace and kindness towards us in Christ Jesus. Romans 8 says, For I am convinced that neither death, nor life, nor angels, nor principalities, nor things present, nor things to come, nor powers, nor height, nor depth, nor any other created thing will be able to separate us from the love of God, which is in Christ Jesus our Lord. So how does that last bit tie into Father's Day? I, I didn't just want to get up on a soapbox platform here because I have it. God the Father, the creator of heaven and earth, created you. He didn't create you to be bigoted or hateful or any other evil thing. He created you to be good. So if we want to reject all those things that are happening around us that, that are social injustices and we want to improve our society... Then I say we look back in the mirror and the first answer to that problem starts in our homes. It starts with us as fathers. Hold ourselves accountable to be the father model that God has given us. This is the answer. This is where it all needs to start. And from there, God will do the rest. Everyone knows Proverbs 22 verse 6, train up your children in the way he should go and when he is old, he will not depart from it. So fathers, I hope you found some of this inspirational today. I know I certainly did as I put this together. I struggled with this message a little bit over the last few weeks. 
But on Friday afternoon, the Holy Spirit clearly spoke to me and he gave this message to me. So this was a message for me. It's one I think I can share with all of you from whatever perspective you come from. So be encouraged. We have everything we need right here. God the Father is good. He loves us. He loves you. And you just have to accept it. So happy Father's Day to everyone out there. And I hope you have a blessed day.